Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, September 28th. It's six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. How you feeling today? You tired? You awake? Did you stay up late watching that debate? An ugly stage, bad lighting, questionable moderation, a lot of arguing, and then a clownish survivor gimmick to wrap it all up. The the Republican Party is so inept. And I was watching that last night because I said, well, look, Casey's agreed to pull the audio so I don't have to subject myself to it twice. Mm-hmm. My wife did this thing where she's like, Olivia really wants to watch the debate tonight. Sure. The baby oh, wants really? to watch. Yeah. Because she wanted to be put to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And so I said, no, you want to watch the debate. So that's fine. We'll watch the debate. No problem. And I'm watching this debate and I'm getting angry because... Everybody has known how inept Rona Rana McDaniel and the National Republican Party has been for three election cycles in a row. Lost the House in 2018. Lost the presidency and the House and the Senate in 2020. Totally blew it in 2022. Should have had the Senate. Should have huge margins in the House. Red wave didn't happen. And yet they put her back in charge. Mm -hmm. And this presidential debate stuff for two debates in a row has been a clown show that did a far greater disservice like i'm not sure anybody's really undecided it's going to come down to do you want four more years of massive inflation and open borders and high-priced gas i mean that's kind of what it's going to come down to but if there are undecided people out there and they say well i'd like to learn more about the republican party that is what they were given, and that was such a detriment. And it is the it, it's it's just the same thing that happens here. It's just the same clowns that get put in positions of power over and over and over again. And uh, this is why I have, other than keeping my Republican and good standing status, yeah, uh, in voting in Republican primaries, I'm completely checked out on the Republican Party. These people are clowns. That was a joke last night, and it was just a waste of everyone's time. I thought the most attention-grabbing moments are going to be remembered for the personal attacks between the contenders and not any of their actual policy or what they want to do. This was, this would have With been the s- exception, they all said, on the first day in office. Well, and this would be so simple to correct because the, 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 it's just people shouting at each other. Mm-hmm. It's just people just shouting at each other. And this would have been so easy to correct. First of all, there should not have been that many people on stage. Once again, Doug Burgum has no business being there. He can't win. Only like three or four of them have an actual viable, I mean, and it is a stretch, but an actual viable path. You know, it's it's DeSantis, mm-hmm. it's Haley, yep. it's maybe Tim Scott, although I don't even know anymore. And the rest of them are just taking up. Doug Burgum has no reason to be there. None. And yet these people are shouting at each other and they should have just said to them, look, the ground rules at the very beginning. There will be no talking over other candidates. There will be no talking over the moderator. You get one warning, and then the next, not only is your mic cut off, you're off the stage and out of the debate. And there's really big, burly security guys. They could have used that a sheriff's deputy that Todd Young needed when he moved aggressively towards me. Sure. Maybe that guy would have been available. Point is, that would have stopped it immediately and we might have actually gotten something out of the thing instead it's people shouting at each other it's people sniping at each other it's people talking over each other the moderator look other than dana prino Stuart varney and whoever that other woman was were 
awful. There was no need for them to be they there. They were awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about two out of the three who have foreign citizenship. Isn't that interesting? That's <laughs> just like, and these questions were ridiculous. And it is like these questions about birthright citizenship. And it's just like, oh my gosh, what a just colossal disservice to the Republican Party as a collective. When the whole thing began, and I don't know if you watched the intro, but they had the candidates by themselves, number one, number two, and they kind of looked down and then they all looked up to the camera and smiled. I thought, is this a game show? What What is going on here? And then when Dana Perino began it, she said, you'll have until this buzzer sounds ding, ding. And I thought, okay, yes, it is a game show. And then when they ended it with the survivor question, like who gets the million dollars here? The problem is when the people saying just shut off their microphones, they did have the microphones basically shut off. That's why you got to move them. You got to remove them from the stage because if you listen closely, and I know trained audio professionals like us notice, there is a different sound when they would say Mr. DeSantis or Governor DeSantis, and then he would answer the question. The microphone was much uh, higher up. Somebody controls those sure. microphones. But when there's open mics, you can still hear the people in the background. I, the, the, this party is a just a joke. It's an absolute joke and last night proved it. But they haven't learned anything. This is the same thing that happened in 2015 and 16 when they had the, all the debates. It was the same thing. It was just Trump was up there so it was hilarious. But it's the same the same stuff. These people are just I, gosh. They never <laughs> learn Casey. Alright, well hold on to the steering wheel because we're going to roll through some audio. Are you ready? Oh, let's do it. How, how awesome. Okay, we're going to begin with uh, Ron DeSantis. Didn't quite seem as an exciting of a debater. Uh, a little bit better perhaps this time. He still had that front runner attitude. He was emphasizing all of his wins in Florida, something that I think is probably good for him to do. And I was pleased right out of the gate he was asking where Joe Biden is with his missing from leadership. And then, of course, he talked about Donald Trump. DeSantis, you haven't spoken, please. The people in Washington are shutting down the American dream with their reckless behavior. They borrowed, they printed, they spent, and now you're paying more for everything. They are the reason for that. They have shut down our national sovereignty by allowing our border to be wide open. So please spare me uh, the crocodile tears for these people. They need to change what's going on. And where's Joe Biden? He's completely missing in action from leadership. And you know who else? is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. That set the stage for the inflation that we have. Now, I can tell you this, as governor of Florida, we cut taxes, we ran surpluses, we've paid down over 25% of our state debt, and I vetoed wasteful spending when it came to my desk. And as your president, when they send me a bloating spending bill that's going to cause your prices to go up, I'm going to take out this veto pen and I'm going to send it right back to them. Okay, so after the debate, he was in the spin room with Sean Hannity, and he actually challenged Donald Trump to a one-on-one debate. I thought you were going to say to a fist fight. I really thought... Uh, <laughs> to, to a thumb war. Here's the thing, and and what he said is right in theory, which is Donald Trump should be there, but Donald Trump was actually the winner last night. For not being there. Because Donald Trump got to go campaign for free, probably more people watched him and his little dealio, which mm-hmm. we'll play some of that in a little bit, than this thing, and these people were a joke. Like, they, it was 15 minutes before they went to Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. The number two guy 
in all the national polls, and it was 15 minutes before they went to Ron DeSantis. They started with Tim Scott. I'm sorry. And then went to Vivek. Tim Scott is a heck of a nice guy and a heck of a good Christian. Tim Scott is not going to be president of the United States. Yeah, they probably should have started with Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley. but, But here's the point. If you're DeSantis... Okay, so then you have two options because the moderator sucked. Varney and that other woman were horrific. I mean, uh, it was, and I'm not even talking about like the trouble understanding the one woman at times. I'm talking about the questions that she asked Mm -hmm. were stupid. Mm -hmm. They were just stupid, almost exclusively singular focused questions. And the fact that they, I assume they got with Perino and decided what order they were going to go in took the number two guy who is the only actual guy right now with a chance to stop Donald Trump if your people are interested in stopping Donald Trump and it was 15 minutes well now you're DeSantis you have to be a belligerent blowhard and do the thing that we're criticizing or you just wait 15 minutes to be able to talk for a lot of it Ron DeSantis seemed like he wanted to stay above the fray while they were arguing with one another but then as it got more towards the end he got in it as well almost seemed like he was frustrated but the problem with that is Casey and we talked about this the last time You've got people watch that thing for 15 to 30 minutes. And then unless you're a person who already has made up your mind for the most part, you're out. You're, you're out. Yeah. Right. DeSantis got one thing in the time when people were watching too many people, terrible moderators, terrible light. Mike Pence looked like he was dead. He was very pale looking and his energy level. He looked low. like he crawled out of the dirt, Casey. <laughs> I mean, what? I, who is who are running these people's campaigns that they were if you who is the person who looked at Mike Pence from his campaign and said cool to go on stage looking like that bro mm. and he wore that red tie again he same looked, red tie he looked like somebody out of one of those zombie movies that had crawled up out of the ground must debate tonight I mean it was <laughs> terrible take away the fact that he's just full of crap and his answers mostly suck he looked awful okay well if you're thinking that it was a bit of a clown show it was going really well at one point this is what white noise sounds like on several occasions before the debate's first commercial break they were all screaming over one another making what was being said on stage at times hard to hear I think you of anybody who's involved thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting gentlemen you'll have your turn one of the challenges we should everybody knows that if I may address on holding Joe Biden accountable I actually agree with Ron DeSantis speaking at the same time no one can understand exactly so if I may really? I agree with Ron DeSantis. Really? It went on for two minutes. Two minutes before they were stopped. You know what they need? You know what they needed in this debate? You know, in the Canada, they've got those Mounties. A big hook? Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, in Canada, they've got the Mounties who ride around on the horses. Mm-hmm. That's their, you know, police force up there. They've got those shock sticks. They needed <laughs> Mounties to be behind each one of these people and just start just shocking them every time they every time they spoke out of turn. All right. We have so much to get through today. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
<laughs> 22 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. While the debate was happening last night, Donald Trump emerging as the winner for making a different decision and heading to the battleground state of Michigan and uh, talking with the strikers, the UAW workers, and uh, trying to win over those blue-collar voters. While he was in Michigan, he took the opportunity to blast Joe Biden and also the Biden administration's push for electric cars in the midst of the auto workers strike well look, trump was the big winner yesterday um people like me are critical of him saying oh you should stand on a stage and debate the people and tell people what your opinion is but the republican party doesn't give him any reason to do that and you know i mean that thing was just like as we talked about last segment just a complete joke and so uh trump was proven politically. Now, I haven't changed my opinion that you owe it to the people to tell them what your views are, but uh, Trump was politically the victory yesterday because he got a whole bunch of time to himself. More people probably watched Trump again than that debate, and it's a freebie for Trump as he rips on Biden and whoever Mm -hmm. else was in the middle of his ire. He's so smart because I'm sure he did this intentionally that he got to Michigan and started speaking before the debate began. Yeah. So if you were interested to hear what Trump had to say, you were locked in with him and missing the beginning of the debate. Well, that's an old, you know, and you were a radio programmer for a long time. And as a radio mm-hmm. boss, you know, little tricks like, hey, our competition starts their segment out of a commercial at 9.03. We got to do it at 9.02. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he did. So the crowd of Michigan was booing when Trump mentioned Biden and how Biden was there just to pose for photos. And And uh, this was one of the uh, more memorable things that Trump said. Uh, The only time Joe Biden gets his hands dirty is when? The only time Joe Biden has ever gotten his hands dirty is when he's taking cash from foreign countries, which is quite often, actually. (laughs) It's quite often. Based on what we're seeing, it's much more often than anyone would have thought. But can you imagine an unannounced raid on his many homes? He would have made Senator Menendez look like a baby. Just like a baby. Can you imagine? You know, they gave him three weeks' notice. You know, they said, we're going to raid your home over documents. They gave him three weeks. Would three weeks be enough? So I can imagine. I'd like to see what he cleaned out of there. Joe Biden only cares about enriching his own family. I care about enriching your family. That's why I did this. That's why I did it. So he's trying to cast Biden as hostile towards the auto industry. And uh, he said that that industry was being assassinated. And he went on to talk about how Joe Biden's electric vehicle mandate is what's killing the auto industry. On day one, I will terminate Joe Biden's electric vehicle mandate. And I will cancel every job killing regulation that is crushing American auto workers. I will unleash a thing called American energy. Stop the ban on the internal combustion engine. Okay, so Hammer, Nigel, and I were having a little chit-chat about this as this was going on, because as you mentioned, it was before the, the debate. Trump takes forever to get to the point. Have you ever noticed that? Like, he takes forever to get to... Don't you think that's part of his showmanship? But, okay, thank you, but I'm going somewhere with this. And where I'm going with this is when you haven't seen it before, it's interesting, 
But when you are on the eighth year of seeing it, <laughs> it's tiresome. It, again, it's like we've talked about this before. Whatever your favorite band is, and the best band I can think of this as an example is Boston. Boston, with their debut album, I think it was 1976, had it was either the first or second to this day, largest selling debut album of all time. Every song is a hit. Every song is still played today on classic rock radio. You know all the songs by heart. Boston came out with a debut album. Oh my gosh, this is the greatest super group that ever lived. They will storm the Bastille and tear down all records in the history of radio. The entire rest of Boston's career, they had like <laughs> maybe one or two other hits. Hey, don't you discount Amanda. If you Amanda is about it. <laughs> and if you go to a Boston concert to this day, mm-hmm. you will hear the songs of that debut album and maybe one or two others that you recognize, and that is it. Which, so when, my point on this is when you went to the Boston concert in 1976 or 77 or whenever that was, oh my gosh, I, I just love every single one of these songs. Now, when you go to a Boston concert and you have heard foreplay long time for the 10,832nd time, you're like, again, really? Yeah, I understand about competition. I don't care if I get behind. (laughs) I see what you did there. All I want is peace of mind. That was such great. You see what I'm saying, though? It's like with Trump, it's like, uh, dude, it's the same thing every single time. This topic might be slightly different, but it's Mm -hmm. the same setup, same approach, same thing, same thing. I've heard the song. Okay. I'm no longer interested in the song. All right. Well, speaking of uh, Trump greatest hits, before we get to the news, yes. here is one last one from him. I will unleash a thing called American energy. Stop the ban on the internal combustion engine. And we will drill, baby drill, and we will make zero environmental difference. There it is. It will have zero environmental difference, zero. In fact, if anything, it's probably cleaner than what they're doing. But it'll save your family a yearly fortune and give you a much better way of life. You're losing your way of life. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Holcomb said something yesterday about COVID and what he did during COVID. And it was just my Blood started boiling, mm-hmm. Casey. Yeah, I know. Okay, it's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 932. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So there is this bipartisan commission on biodefense. It's a group that was formed in 2014, right? When you hear bipartisan mm-hmm. commission anything, yeah. you should just run away. Just scratch that out and <laughs> says a group of people that are screwing you. All right. Well, they got together. They had a public meeting at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and they were discussing different things and efforts to strengthen public health. Oh, And now sure. we're getting down to it and... Governor Holcomb was there. Oh, how exciting. And he had some comments about the COVID-19 response. This guy, look, we we have said this to you many, many times. The modern Republican Party in the state of Indiana, which Eric Holcomb is the face and the head of, hates you. And if you are a conservative, they loathe you. And if you are a freedom and liberty loving person... They they despise you. They think less, far less of you than they do the Democrats. The modern establishment Republican Party, look at the way they govern. Look at the people they put in positions of power. 
would far rather deal and work with Democrats than conservatives. And this is why I tell people, and you've got an opportunity coming up next year with the governor's race and then the lieutenant governor's race at the state convention to, you know, as they say in Animal House, don't get mad, get even. But Eric Holcomb reasserted this yesterday of just how much the establishment wing of which he is by far the head, the face, the whatever, how much they despise you as a as a as a conservative. So he was asked Mm -hmm. about his response to covid-19. Now, let's remember, Casey, let's reset for everyone what Eric Holcomb did during covid-19. And these are indisputable facts, right? There's not a, I mean, the state data supports it. His own data supports it. The facts of what he did are not in dispute, okay? So over 1 million people, so this is a state of 7 million people. Of course, not all 7 million are working because a bunch of them are children. So almost a fourth of the entire state was put out of work by Eric Holcomb. By decree, fiat, you're done. And the Republicans in the House and Senate said, yes, sir, Mr. Holcomb. Mm -hmm. So over 1 million people in the state of Indiana lost their jobs because of Eric Holcomb. Tens of thousands of businesses, by threat of force, by threat of elimination of your business, because they could revoke your business license, because don't forget, Connie Lawson, the Secretary of State, was in lockstep with Holcomb, which we've talked about many times, because had the Secretary of State come out and said, I am not revoking business licenses if you stay open, what was Holcomb going to do? Nothing. But because Holcomb and Connie Lawson worked in conjunction and in lockstep, tens of thousands of businesses were closed in the state of Indiana, many of them to never reopen because of the irreversible damage done. So over a million people put out of work, tens of thousands of businesses closed. He tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask and then, of course, admitted that his entire... uh, path of governance was basically a game of whose line is it anyway, where the game's made up and the rules don't matter. Because when he tried to do that, Curtis Hill came out, who was the attorney general at the time, and said, nah, man, I don't think you can do that. Holcomb didn't fight it. He didn't die on the hill. He just goes, okay, cool, and pulled it out. Yeah. So you've got a million plus people out of work. You've got tens of thousands of people who had their businesses closed, tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask looked at law-abiding, peaceful people who protested and called them human Petri dishes. And so you would think, Casey, because the reality of the whole thing is that Eric Holcomb cannot look anybody in the eye today. Well, he can look them in the eye, but he can't prove it and say, you're alive because of what I did. There's there's not a an ounce of proof that what Eric Holcomb did on destroying people's lives and the economy in this state saved one single solitary life. So you would think if you are a person of any decency, of any humanity, of any empathy for regular people whatsoever, that if you were asked about your response to COVID, you would at least say, hey, I did the best I could with the information that I had, but I I made some mistakes. We maybe could have done a few things different. Uh, Now, I just want to add all the things that you listed there. Yes. Don't forget to include the shutting down of the schools. Yep. And we're now seeing how detrimental that was to all of the students. Uh, Remember, you couldn't gather in your church. That's correct. And now we're dealing with a huge mental health crisis. Absolutely. Far more people. While Eric Holcomb can't prove one life that he saved because of his COVID lockdown. We can prove lives he hurt. Oh, my gosh. We can prove people who committed suicide, who died of drug overdoses. 
far more people died because of Eric Holcomb's actions than the people that he saved. Here is his quote yesterday in the IBJ when asked about his COVID response. Are you ready? I'm ready. Quote, I don't have any regrets because I was operating with the information that I had at the time. That's complete bull, and we'll get to that in a second. I get it to each their own. Everyone's got an opinion. I'm comfortable with the decisions that we made. Put yourself in a situation where you have multiple experts not agreeing with one another. And then you have to make the decision. And I was very comfortable. Mm. I slept well every night, even though it was a heavy time for our state and nation. Now, first of all, when he's talking about the information he had at the time, the information that he had at the time, because we were reading it, the women and I were reading it every single day on these airwaves. And the information from about week two on was abundantly clear. If you were an elderly person, if you are a person with certain specific comorbidities, then you probably need to take a little different approach to this than the average person. But me, a mid-30s, healthy male, there was zero reason I couldn't go to work and function as a normal person. And Kevin and you and about six and a half million of the seven million people in this state, there was zero reason for a blanket approach to COVID that kept healthy young people from going to work. So that's a lie right there. And the information he had at the time, and it told the same stuff. You start seeing the same stuff every single day. So that's a lie. Number two, and and uh, uh, the guy filling in for Tony this morning. Gosh darn it. Craig. Craig. I want to say Kirk. And I was like, his name is not Kirk. Craig mm-hmm. said this, and it's absolutely right. And it's the best point I've heard on all of this about what a pathological liar this guy is. He talks about conflicting opinions and making the best choice he had. That was not what he was saying during COVID. He was smugly and arrogantly talking about, well, the science is very clear on this. And Dr. Box, gynecologist, is the science. Dr. Fauci is the science. There was nothing about conflicting opinions. That's why we were human Petri dishes, because we were ignoring the science. Well, now, three years on, when it proves that he was wrong and Box was wrong and Weaver was wrong and Fauci was wrong, well, now it's, oh, my gosh, Casey, I was such a victim on all this. Uh, There were so many conflicting opinions. And what was a poor boy to do? That was not what he said during when he was shutting down churches and schools and businesses. It was the science is very clear, and I'm trusting the science. Mm -hmm. This is, and and then of course you get to the flippant, you know, I slept Slept very well. well. Yeah, of course you did. In your taxpayer funded home Mm -hmm. with your six figure salary and your benefits that you didn't lose. Yeah, I bet. I bet you slept damn well, Eric Holcomb. You know who didn't sleep well? All all the people that were put out of work. All of the parents whose children weren't in school. (laughs) All of the people who were confused about the mixed message hearing everywhere. Ron DeSantis had the same information. He took a completely different approach. Reopened everything. This is the Republican Party, though, and this is the point of all this. Because what have the Republicans done in the past three years to stop him from doing this again? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Rod and Todd, the Flanders boys, they think this is great. Jeff Thompson, who controls the money on Ways and Means, he thinks this is great. 
All of Eric Holcomb's uh, priorities were funded, many of them fully funded, and have been every budget and every year since this happened. They throw record money at record government, which Eric Holcomb is the facilitator of. The Republican Party believes Eric Holcomb and this elitist, flippant attitude about what happened to you during COVID is fine. And so when you go vote next year for governor, if you put Brad Chambers in there or you put Suzanne Crouch in there, and I talked about this in my speech the other night, then you're going to get more of this. You have one opportunity to correct this. And let's face it, let's be honest, we love rainwater, but the Libertarian Party has made absolutely no growth or strides. We are still the most important Libertarians in the state of Indiana, and we're not Libertarians, right? The WIBC listening audience and the people listening to this show is the voter base of the Libertarian Party. They've done nothing. They had all this momentum, and they've done nothing. So if you're counting on rainwater or whoever else to no. Whoever that Republican nominee is is going to be the next governor of the state of Indiana. And so you people better wake up this coming May because if it is Hulk, uh, if it is Chambers or it is Crouch, you know exactly what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Braun, he funded this bull crap in the U.S. Senate. And now he's saying that we'll never lock the state down again when if he's he, elected governor. He paid. He paid for it to be locked down. To be locked down. Sure. You've got Doden, who mm-hmm. you have no idea what his opinion is on anything other than the fact that he wants to take over Indianapolis and teachers don't have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Curtis, who I guess you kind of know. I mean, he was against the mask mandate, but we don't really know much else. So right now you have this total blank slate amongst the Republican candidates for governor about whether they would do what Eric Holcomb did again, because other than Curtis Hill, the track record of the other four is that they would have, they absolutely support this and would go along with it because they well, the did track, the last time. The track record is that the freedom of Hoosiers was traded for government overreach. Sure, and you can't, you cannot count, you cannot count on. And Bob says this in the YouTube chat. I agree. Right now, Curtis is absolutely the best option because he's the only one with a track record of standing up for regular people. But Curtis on economics and a whole bunch of other stuff is a total unknown right now. So my point of all of this is this is the Republican Party. He is the face. He being Eric Holcomb, he is the leader. And he tells you that the fact that he put you out of work or that he cost you your job or that he kept your kid out of school. He's comfortable with the decisions he made. He slept well at night. Absolutely. It's 944. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning, it's 949 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Jefferson Shreve, who is running for mayor for Indianapolis, announced a plan on Tuesday for economic development in downtown Indy, promised to focus on opportunities that he said Mayor Joe Hogsett has not. He said we're lagging behind our peer cities like Columbus and Nashville. 
part of the plan is that he wants to get rid of all the green space that was added by Mayor Hogsett, but he is continuing on with uh, the traveling down that road of uh, going against law-abiding gun owners. Okay, so Casey, uh, I sent you an email, mm-hmm. and I know people think, well, Rob is just a totally biased, radical, right-wing Republican, and um, as such, I'm going to uh, I'm going to prompt you mm-hmm. here in a moment to read what is on the advertisement because we got these people who run Shreve's campaign are morons. Uh-oh. I mean, I don't know what he paid them, mm-hmm. but unless they paid him, unless they paid him about seventy-five million dollars, he's gotten a raw deal. They are so tone deaf, and he is. And by the way, so Abdul, the poll is done that Abdul commissioned. Abdul will be with us later to talk about the release of that poll uh, because it has not been released yet. But Abdul will be with us later. However, in a little teaser on this, because I have I know the results of the poll, but as you know, Casey, one thing Casey will tell about tell you about me is when you tell me not to tell somebody mm-hmm. something, it, it goes in the vault. It is, which is wild because my job is to talk mm-hmm. about things, mm-hmm. but that's how you build sources, that's how I build credibility, that's how I keep people in the state house, etc., yeah. who tell me things. I am very good at vaulting information, but what I will tell you as a teaser, and I'm sure Abdul will touch on this later, is that Jefferson Shreve has, as we told you he would, alienated people that should be slam dunk voters for him. And the reason they are alienated, people who on their wildest day, like Jason Hammer, could not have imagined not voting for whoever Joe Hogsett's opponent was, is that his opening salvo in this campaign was to go after law-abiding gun owners. Mm -hmm. Strengthening our gun laws. And he, of course, received immense blowback. Sure. And I have talked to multiple people who have told me it is not just WIBC who is doing this. They are hearing it at the doors. These other down-ballot candidates who are going out knocking, et cetera, are hearing this at the doors. If you are affiliated with this ding-dong, I'm not only out on him, I'm out on you. Because why would I vote for somebody that is the same as the guy that is in there now? And yet, Casey, despite irrefutable evidence, and if Abdul is polling and finding things, you know they are finding and polling things. They have now sent out a mailer. And Mm -hmm. Casey, would you like to read? (laughs) It is not about where was Joe Hawksett during the riots. Mm -mm. It was not was Joe Hawksett in rehab during the riots. Does Joe Hawksett have a serious drinking problem that caused him to go to rehab, which caused him to miss the riots? It's not asking those questions. Yeah. It's not saying, hey, violence is totally out of control in the city. Joe Hawkson is to blame for A, B, and C. It is not talking about a plan to make the streets better or the streets safer or fill in the potholes or fix the sidewalks. Hire more police officers. Casey, would you like to read the contents of the mailer that was just sent out to people in Indianapolis? All right. This is double-sided. It's in color. I'm sure it's heavy cardstock. It says on one side, Jefferson Tree for mayor, strengthening our gun laws. Oh. Here's the quote. Uh Uh-huh. I've listened to mothers that have lost their kids and police officers working to keep our city safe, and they all agree. In bold red, we need to change our laws to reduce the number of guns on our streets. Oh. Now, the backside says Jefferson Street for mayor, strengthening our gun laws. Uh huh. Ban assault rifles oh. in Indianapolis. Uh huh. Require a permit to carry a concealed firearm. Oh. Raise the minimum age to purchase firearms 
to 21. So this is a mailer that, this is not like something where he said, well, you know, I sent that out and then I heard from the people and I've changed my position, which is what, and we remember we talked about this when he came on with us. I said, he's going to hear it from the people. That's why I want him on here. And he's going to back out of this and it'll be wink, wink. You know, I first, when he put it out, thought, okay, this is going to be a wink, wink, nod, nod. I've checked this box and then let's move on our merry way. Casey, he has spent- No, he's married to it. He has probably spent well over a million dollars on advertising, promoting- his plan, if you're a law-abiding gun owner, to stick a giant middle finger right in your face. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not going to tell anybody what the poll results show. Uh, Abdul will release that when he is ready, and he will be with us later today to talk about that. But I will tell you this, and I'm sure Abdul would be fine with me telling you this because I think he's going to say it later. Had Jefferson Shreve not done this, he would probably be running away with the mayor's race right now. It's too late now. Oh no, he can't. He's, go out of he's it. doubling down, and these people will never vote for him. That he has, he has lost. That you should have never lost. But the fact that he is now again sending out mailers, mm-hmm. yeah, Shreve with the exclamation point right there. I, I cannot. You are the guy's a bill. If you added up his net worth, he's probably a billionaire. And there are no other than dictators, unbrilliant people who are billionaires. And the fact that you were brilliant enough to become a billionaire. And yet you are stupid enough to listen to these wishy-washy, squish Marion County Republicans like the big guy. They are costing you this race. Mm-hmm. Not only costing the race, but costing Marion County. Uh, and Possibly he just keeps more time listening to these people. He has spent more time going after law-abiding gun owners who are, who are following state and federal law, which he cannot change. And so by default, he is lying to every person he is sending that mailer out to. He has spent more time going after those people than he has the violent, lunatic criminals and the maniac running this city who has enabled the violent, lunatic criminals. Think about that, Casey. He has spent more time going after people who follow the law, state and federal alike, than he has the mayor who has emboldened the people to make this one of the most dangerous cities in America. How could you possibly, I don't care how bad Joe Hogsett is, how could you possibly pull an affirmation in November for Jefferson Shreve? Mm. I, you have to have some self-respect for, for oh, it's Austin Powers, or you have to have, you have to have some self-respect for yourself. <laughs> You have to come on, Poindexter. You got to stand up for yourself. This guy hates you just as much as Joe Hogshead does. I don't know how he's he he can't make laws for Indianapolis. It's gross, isn't it, Casey? You're a voter. I am. It's gross. Yeah, Abdul Rider, nine fifty six. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC.